0: Hey, what it do with the business is. It's another week in the books with the On Deck TV podcast. I am Spike Lou. Man, holler
1: at your boy Animal Brown, Animal underscore Brown on Twitter
0: and Instagram. I am Spike Lou on the same social sites.
1: Hey man, coming up on today's show, Nikki feuds with Meek. J Electronica finally gets a release date, and we rap with serial entrepreneur Snoop about her journey and what it's like working with two chains. But first. Woo! Hip Hop responded to Gail King's questioning of Kobe Bryant's past case while interviewing Lisa Leslie last week. Snoop Dogg was the loudest. He expressed his disappointment with Gail, calling her out her name and doing what some perceived as making threats. Now, Snoop's rant even prompted um, some celebrities to come to her defense. My question to you
0: Was Hip Hop's response to Gail King too harsh? I don't think so. I think the energy that she put out was warranted. Uh, I think that Lisa Leslie, who she was having the interview with, was good friends with Kobe, uh, she she did the best job that she could with the questions she was asked when she, out of the blue, asked her about Kobe's rape allegations. And Lisa Leslie kind of was like, no, nah, i never seen that. And then Gail kind of went out of her way to poke the bear, and that's what people were mad about. That's the energy that people were responding to. So, I mean – People are saying that they're mad at Snoop calling her a dog face bitch or whatever it may be, and that's hilarious, by the way, stringing those cuss words together that he did. Yeah, it was fun. But she put that energy out there. Like, I, Snoop is not Michael Eric Dyson, man. I'm not sp- – Expecting some uh, elaborate soliloquy and with marvelous words and, and, and refer, in reference to Gail King, I'm expecting him to call her a dog faced bitch because that's the energy she did she put out. And I don't know whether it's right or wrong, but at least she put out put that out there for
1: it. Yeah, see, and when I seen Snoop's response, and he started off kind of tame, he was like, got to him, Am bro. I gonna do it? Are y'all gonna make me say it?" And so I was thinking he was gonna take the high road. He didn't. He went on ahead and got down in the mud with her, which is fine. When you when you do certain things out there, then you can't necessarily uh, police how someone else responds to it. But I knew as soon as he said what he said, that was going to screw up the message and people were going to hang on to that particular statement of what he said. And that was going to fuck up and muddy the message. That's my only thing, if if Snoop could do it all over again, I think he would have chose his words differently so that people can actually pay more attention to the issue, which is what Gail King was doing when she was bullshitting, as then paying more attention to his response and how harsh or, you know, threatening it was, so to speak.
0: And the issue meaning how she was talking about Kobe or just...
1: Yeah, what? just kind of the, the distaste in bringing up those allegations with Kobe. And then kind of work, and Oprah was brought into it with their, with their questionable um tactics when it comes to certain things that they put their name behind that's what the problem and i think
0: that's why people are so upset about it and that's why hip-hop responded the way that it did with such vitriol is because you had a documentary about russell simmons right you had a documentary about michael jackson yeah monique comes out and says hey this are you specifically targeting black men because you're buddy-buddy with the other people like Harvey Weinstein. Like, all of that's low-hanging fruit. And the the fact of the matter is, if your name wasn't attached to all that, then maybe people see that and they give Gail the benefit of the doubt and say, hey, she may have been having a bad day. Mm. But, nah, you tied in all the other bullshit, so people not giving you the benefit of the doubt, and that's the type of energy she get. That's the problem. And that's she the got problem. that resting bitch face, too, like Maxine Waters. <laughs> like, you never know. You can not never just be like... Ah, She joking or like you never know. Maxine
1: Waters has seen a lot though. True. So, you know,
0: <laughs> listen. She old yeah, that's what that's I'm true. saying. She done seen some shit. So Hell I, ain't got no excuse, though. They she tripping. got enough money to get that fixed.
1: They tripping with the question, and I, I, I ain't like that. Facts.
0: So, next, Nicki Minaj just dropped a new single. Mm-hmm. What was the name of the single? Yikes. Yikes. I knew that. I just want to see. the you I'm deep. Uh, so, with that being said, prior to the single dropping, Nicki Minaj takes at Meek Mill, and they have a Twitter backing back and forth. Who better to promote your new single with the Mr. Twitter Fingers himself. Do you think this was planned by Nicki or was it spurred the moment?
1: Um, Listen, the new single, yikes. Queen Radio is back. She throws out crazy headline-worthy accusations at her ex-boyfriend, who they just ran into not too long ago with her new boyfriend or husband, whatever they are, and there was a little bit of an altercation. Man, if it walks like a duck and talks like a duck, dude, it's probably a duck. This reeks of free promo mm. for a single that nobody was looking forward to up until this point. They throwing the back and forth was nuts. They throwing out Nikki throwing out accusations of Meek putting his hands on women. Meek bringing up Nikki's brother who was convicted of rape of an eleven year old. Like they're hitting all the hot button topics of this uh, of this decade, and it was too much. I had to clock out. I was like man, y'all are doing weights. I don't know what's gonna come next, dude. Meek, she said to Meek. Hey her? That no, she said that he put his hands on women. That was it. it look, man, I don't know. I ain't
0: gonna lie, I'd take Nicky and Meek fight. Like I, was, <laughs> I, I could not see him beating her up. I just, I just don't <laughs> see that. Uh, I mean, yeah, I agree with you. Free I, promo. Tough. I, I agree with you. I think that she started this. It's gotten to this point for Nicki as to where these things have to accompany her music uh, for right. people to talk about it. It can't just be Nicki Minaj putting out some fire ass stuff. And even with the music, there, she got a controversial thing with the Rosa Parks thing where she said, right. oh, I ain't apologizing. And with Rosa Parks line, it was iffy at best. Like, right. I, I mean, I ain't like too much about it. Uh, but with that being said, like everything has to accompany her rolling out, man. It's just like it's tasteless, and I think it speaks to where her career is and why she's having so much trouble staying afloat. Like, I don't think that she's conducting herself as people wanted to see her progress to. Like, you're not Nicki Minaj like 10 years ago. Like, you're a 38-year-old woman. Like, right, you grown. You now. shouldn't be carrying yourself like the competition, which is Cardi B. Like, she's in that stage of her life you're not and I think people are getting that same feeling from her They got 10 years ago and it's stale so she keep trying different things to get that fresh feeling and it ain't happening this gives us something to talk about on Queen Radio dog.
1: Like that still come was, on, yeah. Can't hmm. just it just drop this week.
0: Did you listen to it? No, nah. of, <laughs> of course.
2: Of
1: course, of course you did. <laughs> nah, no, nigga, I ain't listening. Of course you did. That's for you. I'm she gonna talking let you about? What she talking about? Nothing. But, ah, no, but what i god, I'm saying even thought you so, didn't listen to it. Nah, my god. <laughs> you know what she talking about? This Meek shit had
0: to come up. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just, bro. So she dropped one of these every time she getting like a beef or something, huh? Slick, wow. real slick. I mean, Nikki Nikki is going to be successful post rap career. I thought she retired anyway, right? Allegedly, I think so she's back though. She need to go ahead and just do this. She can drop a podcast every week. People oh no, that'll be popping
1: though, real talk. People to listen to that. You'll like listen
0: she, to it. No, nah, absolutely would not. Uh, but it would be successful. She can interview people. It's funny. She could do a personalities thing. I, I let see that. Nikki, I could put that together for you. Let me know how
1: it sounds when when it drops. <laughs> Uh uh-huh uh next up man we've got j electronica album news man according to j electronica himself the album is done and is dropping soon he tweeted out quote recorded over 40 days and 40 nights starting from december 26th releasing in 40 days a written testimony end quote now fans have been waiting on his debut album since his single exhibit c dropped in 2009 Where's your anticipation level for this J Electronica album?
0: Is there anything below zero? <laughs> <laughs> Negative, nigga, freezing, Antarctica, nigga. <laughs> like, at this point, and the reason that I say that is not because J Electron is not a talented rapper. We all know that he can rap his ass off. Like, for sure. at this point, bro, if you pump fake so many times, just shoot the shot. Like, you just got to be on you just got to drop it, It's got to be there on streaming sites. So I don't need a 40-day disclaimer saying your album's coming that people have been waiting on for 11 years. <laughs> like, come on, fam. Like, I, I'm not hype about it because I don't even believe that it's coming out. Uh, but Jay-Z went in favor of all the tweets. There you uh, go. So he's supposed to have it on there. Uh, okay. uh, Joe Budden reached out to Jess Blaze. He said he couldn't comment on it, oh, uh, oh which lets God. you know that something's brewing. But, I mean, it would be great, nice little moment for hip-hop, but until it drops... Like, I'm tired of Jay Electronica pump faking.
1: Bruh, listen. so You hype.
0: You hype about it.
1: You you know damn well I'm not hype about it. Look, the same thing that you said, we get it, he can rap, no doubt. He was supposed to have the whole Just Blaze produced album hella years ago, and this would have been a huge moment right after Control, maybe like 2014. This would have been a huge moment. In 2020, though? Bro, I don't think it's gonna make no
0: waves, bro. It's still a big moment, though. Don't no, do that. it's not, bro. Yes.
1: Like, it,
0: like who who coming out in the next forty days?
1: This year gonna be stupid. This Drake, year, and future. I'm talking might about come the out? next
0: forty days, though. Yeah,
1: because they say like, March 18th is when it's supposed it's, to be. It, it
0: wasn't a bad idea to say this. Me personally, I, I I'm tired of it. But I mean, within this forty day span, ain't no big dogs coming out, so it's still gonna be a big moment. Do you like you don't like Jay Electronica as a as an artist? Right. Like, yeah. Like, are you checking for this when it drops?
1: I'll listen to it, yeah. I mean, I'll listen to everything, but I'm not hype
0: about it. You're not hype about it.
1: No, not, not now.
0: The, the six Jay-Z features, whatever. I, I need be. Just Blaze.
1: Oh, he did say Jay was on there. Jay
0: definitely end. is going to be on there.
1: I'm I'm going straight to the Jay song, though. Let's be very clear Man, about brand that. Brand
0: new Jay verse is going to be on there. You get you. 100%. A new Jay, if anything, you're excited about a new Jay verse in Facts. 40 days. I'll take that.
1: Okay. The other Jay, Jay-Z. Not what were you about electronic. to
0: say about Jay, <laughs> Jay uh, Just Blaze? Uh,
1: now, if he was doing the whole thing, I'd be interested. Like He need to speak up. He didn't say that he wouldn't. I need I need him to. He said he couldn't confirm it. or deny it. That mean he ain't on it.
0: That no, mean that's all the I mean, it mean he's probably doing the whole thing. He got an NDA. That
1: mean all the shit that he did when it was supposed to come out ten years ago was probably old and dated, and so he not. So back then, it.
0: Just Blaze ain't doing that.
1: Just Blaze be moving. dude
0: I mean, if Jay Electronica hit Just Blaze up and be like, "All right, I'm ready," he's stopping everything that he's doing in 06, for sure. Now, today, like who else he gonna like? Come on. You yeah. waiting on Griselda to call him? <laughs> That'll be hard, though. It would. <laughs> waiting on that. I'm waiting on Griselda to call just Blaze, actually. Uh, so, here recently, Futures, well, activity, gang activity from Future's son was reported on the news. I heard. And Future responded, and he said that he's going to provide the best defense possible for his son. Mm. Son, 21 years old, I think. Uh, and was you know busted for the gang activity. My question to you, Future's response enough saying that he will provide him with the best defense possible.
1: If I am 17, 18, 17. 19, and I get busted for felony fill-in-the-blank, and my rich dad says, I'm going to provide the best counsel possible, the best money that lawyers can buy. Nigga, I, there's nothing else that I need other than that. I don't know. I don't know what future supposed to do besides dig a tunnel and break me the fuck out uh, uh, besides that. So, yes, if I am him, um, the young boy got in trouble, uh, possession of a firearm and falsifying IDs to police and all this type of shit. Some stuff that I'm sure future can make a couple phone calls, he can drop a couple bags if need be, and he can get him clear of this situation. So, yeah. Did he do enough by saying, I, I'm on it? Nigga, yes, he did. <laughs> so I don't know what else you're looking for. So
0: Jacoby Wilburn, uh-huh. uh, criminal use of an article with altered ID mark, possession of a firearm and giving a false name, address, and birth date to law enforcement officers, Uh, He was arrested in Newton County, Georgia. Where the hell is that? Newton County? I I have no idea. I'm not a Georgian artist. So he he doesn't have that high of a bear. He's going to be tried as an adult. Uh, I think that's what they're fighting. Yeah, so that's what they're fighting, him being uh, charged as an adult. Yeah, I mean, for him to come out and say, I want to provide the best defense possible, yes. Uh, Again, we go back to track records, though, like we were saying with Oprah and Gayle. It's only because he has such a bad record of being a, a father that he would even be getting backlash for this happening to his son. Like, bad thing. People make mistakes, especially as teenagers. It doesn't sound like he was out being egregiously. Uh,
1: it was a violent he, crime. Yeah, they said the he had life. gang
0: ties, uh, and that's why I, they made it a big deal. But yeah, I mean, I respect for Future coming out and saying this. Why was Future catching heat? I didn't, I Well, Future was catching heat, I mean, because his son is going to jail behind, you know, and what he raps about and the lifestyle that he portrays. Uh. And you are, it's a direct uh, reflection in your family. So gotcha. he was getting heat for that and what he does and what he talks about. And should he switch up the message or maybe address it in his music or carry it that way yeah, forward? Yeah, we know that's not going to happen. Nah,
1: nah, Future not sure. addressing, nothing personal, only to a certain extent.
0: Is it? Do you, do you think that faults him in today's? You don't nah. think it faults him not addressing personal stuff?
1: Nah, bro, he's a vet. He's not a new artist. Okay. You know what I'm saying? He, he was grandfathered into this social media era, so he doesn't have to change, so to speak. That's why people like Cole. That's why people like Kendrick. They don't have to play those new rule games if you're a new artist. If you're a new artist, you need to be vlogging every day, just like, um, shout out Kodak, our guy Jay Wilson. You need to be in front of the camera all day, every day on live and a whole bunch of, man, Future ain't got to do that shit. That's a fact. <laughs> that you ain't got to do that. Out. You drop once every nine months, nigga, and go on tour and keep it moving. That's a fact. Uh, Free Jacoby though um, let's, Listen guys, we're taking a quick break We have a very special guest with us Who is Snoop Super dope entrepreneur Y'all don't want to miss this True. What's going on Odeck TV listeners It's your boy Big Jeff from the Full Sport Press Podcast Featuring myself, J-Hove and Weezy Each and every Monday once you're finished with this action-packed episode of the On Deck TV Hip-Hop Podcast, make sure you check out the Full Sport Press episode 307. We'll break it down to NBA trade deadline's winners and losers. And as always, we're doing the FSP style, so make sure you tell a friend.
0: We are back, See On Deck TV podcast. It's your man, Animal Brown. I am Spike Lou. We got a special guest in the house tonight. Absolutely,
1: man. One that needs no introduction, but we're going to give one anyway. Uh, We have a serial entrepreneur in the building. I like what you did with that. Uh, Owner of the Hookah Hideaway, ATL members only, Uh, business partners with 2 chains on Escobar's, uh, Remedy Salon Suites. We have Michelle Snoop Dillard in the building. What's good, Snoop?
2: uh thank you man i appreciate y'all having me (laughs) of course of course man, definitely
1: now of course this is a hip-hop podcast and we'll get to the business dealings with chains and all of that good stuff but first we want to get to know who snoop is first and foremost you have serial entrepreneur in your ig what does serial entrepreneur mean put me on i'm not familiar
2: Um, All right, so Serial Entrepreneur is just, um, I'm an entrepreneur in a plethora of different industries, so as you were saying, um, definitely the hospitality industry. Um, I've got four different restaurants and lounges here Mm. in Metro Atlanta, Um, two Escobar locations, one downtown, one on the south side. Um, I also own Crave Restaurant, which is in Little Five Points, Mm. and as you mentioned, uh, Members Only, which is also downtown as well. Um, I'm in the technology industry. I've got an app called Girl Talk. Um, I'm also in the beauty industry um, with Remedy Salon Suites Mm. um, and looking to get back into the transportation industry as well. So I'm kind of calling myself a serial entrepreneur because even before doing this, um, I've owned many other businesses and done many other things, you know, in different industries. So uh, jack of all trades, I guess. (laughs)
0: Was it one of those things where you knew you'd like to do a lot of different things, so you just put your head in and whatever take off, take off, or did you have a focus on one day I want to open a restaurant?
2: Um, You know, I think what it was is just kind of doing a lot of little different things that led me to this path, you know what I'm saying? Like as a kid, I always was kind of like, you know, I wanted to own a lot of different businesses, but did not necessarily know, you know, what industry. It wasn't like I was always like, oh, I want to own a restaurant or different things of that nature, so... Um, but I tried my hand at different things, which, you know, led me down this path. Mm.
1: What does that entrepreneurial spirit come from? You said as a kid you wanted to own different businesses. Yeah.
2: Um, I don't know. I, I think just by, like, nature. You know, I have it. I'm an Aries, um, hey. which I always talk about. You know, we're the, the first sign of the Zodiac, so I feel like, you know, just leaders by nature. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> Definitely I got two younger brand. brothers, so I'm the, you know, first first born child in the family. I started school when I was three, originally from Detroit, you know, which is like hard not, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Um so I think just, you know, a compilation of those things.
1: Okay. Okay. Let's talk about how you kinda got to this point. Let's take it back just a little bit. Uh originally from Detroit but moved to Nashville for school, right?
2: Yeah, so I moved to Nashville. My my family, um my mom and my two brothers, we moved to Nashville when I was in the eighth grade. So um, I've got quite a bit of history in Nashville, Tennessee. What schools <laughs> 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 did you go to in
0: Nashville?
2: Um, so for high school, so I went to uh, Rosa Parks for middle school. Um, uh, mm-hmm. for high school, uh, I went to McGavick. Um, yeah. graduated in '01. Um, and then for college, I went to Vanderbilt University. Graduated in '05. Oh, you mm-hmm. smart, smart man. Mm-hmm. No, you went early, didn't you? I did. Yeah, I went to college when I was sixteen. <sighs> Graduated at twenty.
0: Now okay. in Nashville I read you had a plethora of businesses that you started there. Um uh, starting with the wet dimes. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about the uh early days and modeling agency.
2: Absolutely. So um so Nashville is kinda like where I got my first uh taste, of course, of of getting out there as an entrepreneur when I graduated from Vanderbilt. Um I immediately took, you know, the corporate road, of course, you know, going to a top twenty um, Ivy League University um, I had got a degree in economics <clears throat> but you know while I was in school I realized that there were some different things that I was interested in you know as far as entertainment and different things of that nature but uh, anyway still you know went down that, that corporate path um, I became a financial advisor and so I was Literally dressing in suits and different things like that, you know, every day. Um, and and you know, I I enjoyed it. I learned a lot. Um, I, I I'm not gonna say I loved it, you know, but I, I definitely enjoyed it. Learned a lot. Started doing real estate. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was just kind of like, I kind of like just you know the the trajectory of my life changed. You know, I ended up um meeting this girl that I was dating. She was modeling, and um we decided to to do a calendar called wet dimes and the key and in the key you know that's for you know absolutely uh and so the wet dimes were the models um i'm always trying to take things to the next level so it was like i couldn't just do a calendar you know then i got to open up a whole modeling agency <laughs> um so that was profitable productions um uh, which is the entertainment company that i own that produced the calendar and so after producing a calendar, it was like, okay, well, we got to sell this thing and make money out of it. How are we going to push it and get it out there? So that was one of the reasons why I wanted to, I ain't going to say control the models, but manage them sure. so that I would be able to have them at my disposal to help with promo and different things of that nature. And some of these girls, you know, had never modeled before. Like, I, we literally was, like, walking around the malls in Nashville trying to find, you know, nice-looking women and mm-hmm. different things of that nature. Had to search high and low. Good luck. Good <laughs> <of mine. The laughs> luck. <laughs> <laughs> luck of the draw. <laughs> But, uh, but, yeah, so um, and then I also started managing artists, you know, as well. Um had a couple artists that I managed um in Nashville. and but with pushing a calendar, that's what led me to get into promotions and promoting. And so then mm-hmm. I started promoting um and eventually opened up my first club um, at the age of twenty four in Nashville, Tennessee.
0: Nice. Now, I find it interesting that you say, after Vanderbilt, you stumbled into these things, do you think that the structure of college helped you? change from like seeing these things as hobbies and doing them that way and approaching them not with a business mindset as opposed to like you said when I start my calendar I'm starting an agency I'm getting everything lined Mm -hmm. up from a business aspect right as being lackadaisical and taking it it's like it's something I'm doing
2: right Uh, well for me nothing I ever do is really like a hobby you know other than just like working out playing basketball you know in my younger days but like if I'm doing anything where I'm putting my money towards it you know what I'm saying I'm definitely like taking it you know seriously you know what I mean with the utmost business mindset um but I think that you know a lot of times like when you go to college you know I think like with our generation um you know we have parents and stuff that come from um that background of like stability you know what I'm saying so having a job where you've got a set salary benefits different things of that nature um and, you know, my mom, she definitely looked at me like I was crazy. You know, in the earlier days, kind of like, you know, like, what are you doing? You know, you got a degree from Vanderbilt. Um, you know, I had initially, you know, like I said, started doing financial advising, real estate. I was very successful in doing it, you know, had bought a really nice house. And um, but also another thing, too, that had happened was, you know, in 2008, you know, we had that whole um basically you know like a recession you know what I'm saying and so um, I lost a lot of money I lost a lot of property a lot of different things of that nature and I think that that was another thing too that allowed me to be able to step out and say okay I'm gonna kind of try my hand at something else you know what I'm saying so you
1: would think people would be scared at that time when the market is kind of doing mm-hmm. what it was doing to step out and do something else what, what take me back when you're doing the, the calendar or whatnot were you still working the corporate gig too
2: no I wasn't um I was I was really loving what I was doing in the entertainment stuff, and I ended up totally stepping away, you know, from okay. the, from the corporate stuff.
0: Did corporate America make it able for you to be able to do that, like have a little something to fall back on and be good as to where you end up. like, man, I got. to Well, I
2: always felt like you know I had my degree, you know what I'm saying, and if I needed to fall back, you know, on it, then I could.
1: Yeah, we remember the Wet Dimes, man. We did, <laughs> we did a video for y'all a long time ago. 100. 06, <laughs> maybe? Yeah, 06, 07, 08? that sound about right.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. that do sound about right. Yeah, yeah. We done
1: came full circle. We down here in Atlanta. It's crazy. Long way. Crazy. Um uh, Crazy. Man. So in 08, so, okay, let's fast forward a little bit. When the market crashes, you switch up your mind frame. What's the next business venture after that? Um, so
2: the next business venture, um, so I had I had opened up a, a small club um, in Nashville, um, I also had a, uh, another little spot called the Kitty Cab, and I was doing all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Lou, you spoke from experience, like you See, know what that's about. Okay, but yeah, uh, pretty much after that, you know, um, market crash, all that stuff. The the club, you know, it was my first, you know, run at it. It wasn't done right, so it was shut down pretty quickly. And so after that, it was kind of like, okay, well, what am I gonna do next? And so what I ended up getting into, I ended up getting into. Um, our, I know y'all probably remember back in the day of newspapers they Call used to up have magazine. of Not- like, yep, uh huh, yep. So uh, uh, I ended up doing it. I actually had one in Nashville. It was called Face It. But the guy that I did it with, um, he quickly like started stealing from the company and different things of that nature. So I, I totally walked away from that. Uh, within like the first couple months just let him elaborate have on what it yeah, how was did y'all have an idea for that? um so how we came up with that idea we were actually um on a trip um just kind of like on a random little trip um in chattanooga um had ran up there for a couple things and we were in the gas station and one of the guys he had i i didn't go into the gas station but he had went in And he seen the magazine, the little magazine on the counter. And the clerk was telling him, like, you know, he was just asking. He was like, you know, do these really be selling like that? And she was like, yeah, man, they be flying off the shelves like hotcakes. You know what I'm saying? So what
0: Face It magazine is, is when the mug shots that are taken. Of people
2: been arrested. Yep. So it was a weekly publication (laughs) um, of mug shots of people that had been arrested each week. um, And it had the charge and different things of that nature. Did y'all run into legal issues? Not at all. Because, uh, you know, that information is is is, is public, you know, public knowledge. And so um, when he told me about it, you know, it was kind of like on my on my like I couldn't even sleep, you know, that whole night. So I was like, yeah, you know, this might work. And so long story short, you know, did it with him. Didn't work out with him. I, I did it on my own and I ended up having five different publications all around the southeast part of the country. Because like, when I do something, I go hard. So decided it was successful. I started doing it in Knoxville since he had mm-hmm. already had Nashville. And I went to Western Kentucky, I went to Louisville, um, came down to Florida, came down to did it in Tallahassee and eventually when I moved to um Atlanta, so that was the business that I had when I moved to Atlanta. Eventually when I moved to Atlanta I did it here as well. But one thing that I will say about that business, that's one of the only things that I ever done that I wasn't proud of. Mm. Um, you know, because I mean I've had a record myself, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so um, I was always kind of embarrassed to tell people that that was my magazine. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Um, and it's really important that when you're doing something that you have to, like, totally love it, you know, and be proud of it. And, and I definitely was not proud of it.
1: And those were, those were a dollar, right? Yeah. yeah. What, can I ask what type of money you was making off of it? I'm curious. Cause um, that's not, a,
2: not a crazy amount of money, you right, know what I'm right, saying? Right. Um, I probably was doing maybe like 60 grand a year. Okay. Yep. Gotcha. Uh-huh. But I didn't really have to do a lot. You know <laughs> what I mean? I probably worked I probably worked like two days a week, you know gotcha. what I'm saying? So um I was comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. No
1: doubt. Mm-hmm. Fast forward, you said you moved to Atlanta. What year was that?
2: Um so I moved to Atlanta. It was around two thousand ten. Then I moved to Atlanta, so I've been here for about ten years now. Uh, moved here and uh got here and I was just really intrigued by the Atlanta culture um by how many successful black people you know that you see on a daily basis um and it just, you know, it just seemed like nobody was working. You know what I mean? Like everybody was out. During the day. Everybody, you know, during up, the day. Everybody
0: pulled to Atlanta. I did the same thing for me. I was like, black people got
2: jobs. Yeah, you know, everybody <laughs> had an expensive car. Yep. Um I, I noticed that black people spent money very frivolously here. Um, you know, everywhere has valet and, you know, all these type of things, you know what I'm saying? And so um I was very intrigued by the by the culture and just getting to know the city and the different things here and opportunities and so I kind of started slacking on the paper a little bit and I I allowed the guy that was kind of like the manager that I had hired to really take over things and he eventually kind of stole the business from me right up under my nose and so that was how I ended up losing that business and it taught me a lot of lessons you know about taking your hands off of things and you know different things of that nature but um after I lost that business, you know, I really didn't know what I was going to do. Um, I was dating this girl that was very successful at the time. She had a boutique in Little Five Points. And I remember at one time, you know, my daughter was outside selling bottles of water. I was inside selling $5 smoothies. And mm-hmm. um, I was actually just telling this story on my Instagram last night. But, you know, I even had, that was when uh, Rick Ross had that song out that was, um, that was a that uh, with the line, you know, you wasn't with me shooting in the gym, you know dedicated to you know rest in peace kobe yep. um and i had actually made some t-shirts you know they had that slogan on there with the little nba you know logo and stuff and so those that did well but just was you know trying to find my way you know and figure things out you know after you know losing it all and that had been the second time in my life that i had lost it all you know what i mean And was faced with trying to get back off my feet and decide what i was gonna do next
1: other than the person you were dating did you have any other circle or resources down here
2: not really. Um, you know, my brother, he lived here but we weren't like super close at the time and he was traveling a lot and different things of that nature. Um, but no, you know, that was really um and she was, you know, very supportive of me and stuff like that. We ended up later opening up a party bus company together. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, really didn't have anybody. It was definitely like a rough first couple years. It seemed like I just like was continuously like getting arrested for stupid shit. Like, um, forgetting about going to court you know what i mean so um, just stupid stuff you know just was going through one of those storms you know one of those periods you know that you go through that it's like you know you can't see the end you know what i mean but once you come out of it you know you appreciate the struggle you know what i'm saying because that's what helps you value success you know even more yeah makes
0: sense know with the business club partner for caught up you said that they he stole the right from under you yeah
2: Yeah, so he wasn't the business partner he was actually the manager
0: so was it a conversation a confrontation how did that happen as to where like
2: um, so pretty much how that happened is you know he had a lot of a lot of control, a lot of leeway, so he was helping you know collect all of the money and stuff like that so number one, he stopped depositing the money um into my account um two, there was one week in particular um that basically so starting that Monday, everybody just started quitting you know, so the guy that was laying out the out the newspaper he quit. Um, then some of the carriers that was, you know, going and, you know, collecting the money and helping distribute the paper didn't come Tuesday. They quit. Mm. Um, and then i got get all the way down to Thursday. Then this manager finally quits. And so anyway, maybe about four months prior to that, he had had recommended to me that I change the name of the newspaper from caught up to something else. I I forgot the name of it. And so anyway, once all these people quit, you know, I got to get up off my ass and go to <laughs> right. and see what's going on. So I go there, and the first store I go to, it's another paper sitting next to mine the name. with the name <laughs> oh, shit. That, that he wanted. And so, of course, he had already had my whole list of stores and what I was giving to them. So like, for example, the paper is selling for a dollar, where you got to get the store a little something, you know what I mean? So we may be giving them $0.10, cent, $0.15, cent or whatever. So he knew, had my list, knew what all these stores was getting so he'd go in and say oh yeah you know th- we're not gonna be doing this paper anymore this is the one that we got going on you know and we'll match the rate, or either we'll give you five extra cent, or whatever the case may be and you know after i went that weekend I immediately decided not to continue the business and not to try to fight it because, number one, I'm not even local. You know what I'm saying? Two, I don't even love this. You know gotcha. what I'm saying? That was really you know a sign I mean? on the low. Yeah, it, it, it was a blessing in disguise, you know what I mean? Because I was only making $60,000 a year, like I was telling you, you know what I mean? So um, it definitely was a blessing in disguise. It did not feel good at the time, but it was, you know, a lot of lessons learned from the situation.
1: Absolutely. I was just about, That was going to be my next question. How, how do you vet your future managers and and mm-hmm. business parts and stuff. Do you move about it a little differently now? Because you can't be hands on with everything, like.
2: right? But I'm I'm definitely I'm very visible. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah, all of my businesses, they see me all the time. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? All you <laughs> yeah, fabulous, yeah, I pull right? up all the time. I don't let them know when I'm coming. I'm always, <laughs> I'm I'm definitely present. You know? Right. So they know. There ain't no shit like that happening <laughs> these days. Uh-uh. I got all my finances my paperwork all this stuff is you know what I mean, sealed up so so
0: as you get into the you said you did the party bus thing right
2: yep so that was the next thing i did so the next thing i did was um party bus kings um and that that was the first business that i ever did that was very successful you mm. know um that i made six figures from you know yeah. um net And so um, that was a business that I did not particularly care for either. So so how
0: does that work? You buy a bus, you get a DJ. Yeah,
2: so I I bought a bus, um, and then basically people just rent the bus out. And so... Um, they just play music off of their phones and stuff like that. It has a nice ah, system okay. in there, TV, awesome. stripper pole, lights, all of that stuff. And um, I was also driving the buses as well. That's you know, the, true. You know how it is in the beginning of the business. <laughs> you can't, yeah. you know, afford to have all of that staff. So and so that was one reason why I didn't like it is because, um, you know, I like to party just as much as the next person. But, you know, when you're so, You got to drive the bus <laughs> and everybody yeah, kicking saying, it back Yeah, out. yeah. So that was one. <laughs> Um, two, just the whole transportation industry. You know, at the time I couldn't afford to buy brand new buses. So, some mm-hmm. of the we only had two buses, but you know they were kind of dated. You know, and would have a little different transportation issues maybe, and just get it at the shop. Yep. And at night, you know, I'm getting a call from the driver. You know, it's just it 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 just it was an extremely stressful gotcha. business. I could never go out of town and, and feel like you know what I mean. I always felt like my phone was going to get to ring and it was going to be some type of issue, but um, the thing that I did learn from that business, two two things came from that business. One, it set me up to open up Hookah Hideaway because it gave me the finances that I needed to get back into what I love, which is the whole entertainment and nightlife industry. Mm-hmm. Um, but two, it also taught me how to deal with stress. Like for me, it's like really hard for me to get stressed out, you know, now.
1: Gotcha. What, uh, how long did that last, the bus?
2: Um, about three years.
1: Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. You had a successful run with the bus, mm-hmm. and uh, so next up was the Hookah Lounge.
2: Yes. Next. Next stop was um the Hookah Hideaway, the infamous Hookah Hideaway, <laughs> um which I own right there off of uh, Jesse Hill Junior Drive. Um I had that spot for five years. Um I decided to voluntarily voluntarily close it. Um December thirty first of two thousand eighteen. Um, and that was just because number one, the neighborhood was changing. So it was just, um, a lot of crime, a lot of violence and mm-hmm. stuff like that in the neighborhood. Um, two, it was like my starter spot. It was super small. It was only like a thousand square feet. Um, and I had already owned Escobar with two chains at the time. Um, We had already all members only as well, Um, and I had already just, you know, was in a position to do bigger and better, you know. And so um, I just felt like I needed to close the door on that to be able to focus on some other things that would be better, you know, for my brand.
0: So you spoke on entertainment and artist management throughout these different business adventures where you doing artist stuff and had i was not
2: and it's crazy like because i get so many people so many artists even to this day like recentness this morning you know in my dm you know like you know trying to send me their music asking me about managing them and i'm like man i don't and a lot of people don't even know that that's what i used to do you Mm -hmm. know what i'm saying and um you know, I'm like, man, that's not what I do. And they're like, yeah, but you could do this. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you know, and I'm like, you know, no, nah, I'm good, man. But um, no, it, it it is not something that I continue to carry on. Um, I'm around a lot of artists um, at, at probably every single one of my locations. We have a night that has artist showcases. Mm-hmm. Open mics, um, different things of that nature. Um, of course, I'm business partners with Two Chains, and I'm very close to his music career. And mm-hmm. he shares different things with me um, when he's about to put out albums, and I get to hear his music, you know, ahead of time and different things of that nature. Um, but no, I'm not um, currently managing artists or anything of that nature. So,
0: what drew you and Two Chains close together, like?
2: Um, well, so number one, how I met 2 Chains is because when I owned the Hookah Hideaway, um, it, it became wildly successful after the first year. And I decided that I wanted to open up another lounge. I actually used to own a lounge in Macon, Georgia as well, Pasha mm-hmm. Ultra Lounge. Okay. Um, but anyway, I had decided I wanted to open up another spot in Atlanta. And I wanted to be in Castleberry Hills because when I first moved to Atlanta, I lived in some lofts that was in Castleberry Hills and coming from a city like Nashville, where you don't see a lot of black owned establishments and different things of that nature. I was very impressed and inspired by the fact that there was just a street, you know, of um, black owned, you know, restaurants and lounges right next to each other. And that's where used to be my stumping grounds when I first (laughs) moved here. So wanted to go over there um, and be in that area. And so started looking for something. And long story short, um, and it's actually like a crazy story behind it because back to that newspaper company that I lost, I ended up taking a trip to Jamaica around this time that I was looking for a spot in Castleberry Hills. Mm-hmm. Came back, went through customs. There was a warrant out for me in Tennessee that I didn't know anything about from the printing company because the last couple of checks bounced uh-huh. on to them because, dude, stop putting the money in the account and all this type of stuff. Well, the amount was $5,010, which is a, the felony level in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. So when they got me at the airport, you know, they reached back to, to them and they said, yeah, we're going to come and pick her up, you know, hold her for us. So, um, you know, I was in a situation where I had to be extradited back to Tennessee. But during this time, right before I had went to Jamaica, I had applied for a spot in Castleberry Hills. And actually, while I was in jail, I'm calling, talking to one of my really good friends who has my phone and he calls the realtor on three-way to check on that spot for me. I'm like, man, you know, I need to hear some good news. You know what I'm Absolutely. saying? Absolutely. Um, he in a situation where, like, you don't have any bond or anything like that. You don't know where they come, when they're coming, different things of that nature. Um, and so anyway, so he calls that realtor. And the realtor tells me that, um, you know, that, that that particular location, they didn't want a restaurant or to be there. He was like, you know, but there's actually another space, you know, available in Castleberry Hills. He was like on Peter Street. He was like, you know, it's a little bit further down. It's not really where all of the happenings and all of that stuff is right now. But. Um, it's owned by um, a local, you know, rapper that's you know pretty famous. You know, he's actually said that he's heard of you and he would like to be business partners with you. You know, y'all could do something together. that was
0: through the realtor, right?
2: And that was through the realtor. Now I'm in jail, you know, <laughs> at this point, <laughs> listening to this. And so I'm just like, hmm, okay. Now I'm not really like a starstruck person at all, so mm-hmm. um. It was more so the opportunity, you know what I mean? And all the Absolutely. possible opportunity, because at this point, you know, who's even thinking it, this is really even, right, come it's just through, like, you oh, know really what it's I'm saying? Exactly. You know? So I'm like, you know, well, who is it? And he was like two chains. And I was just like, Oh, okay. I don't know, but it just, it felt like, like the whole world stopped, you know what I mean? When he said that. And it really felt like that, that it was going to end up being something, you know what I mean? From that. And I remember <clears throat> Excuse me, getting off the phone and <clears throat> going to back up to my cell and telling my like my little cellmate, I was like, yeah, I'm about to open up a little spot with two chains. <laughs> you know, I'd already told her, like, yeah, I got a got a little spot to who can hide away. You know, this in the thirty nine mm-hmm. people doing jail, they yeah, you know, trying to talk, take the yes, picture of who they are. Yes. You know, on the outside, absolutely know what it is, <laughs> right? And so, um, so so literally, so once I got extradited back to Tennessee, and, and mind you, the charges were later thrown out, and mm. all of this stuff. This was just like three weeks wasted sitting in jail. Mm. Um, and it was Damn. the longest time I've ever been in jail. Um, like I said, I've been arrested before, but always just for small little stupid stuff, mm. nothing major or anything like that. Um, so this was definitely like my longest stay there. so anyway, got extradited back to here to um well to Tennessee mm. came back to Atlanta and literally the next day I met with two chains at the hookah hideaway and he didn't even hear this story until like two years later. <laughs> so he had no idea that the past she was three fresh weeks out. Right. <laughs> it had been like that for me. And so when we met each other, I mean we just clicked, Like a lot of people that know him and know me, they tell us that like we act alike. Mm. Kind of like our swag is, you know, um a little similar. We definitely think alike. Um, we just like really, really, you know, connect. Um, and he's an only child. So I think he, you know, kind of values having somebody like me that, you know, number one, he can trust, you know, mm. that um, is completely taking care of business, you know, when it comes to the hospitality businesses, you know, that we share together. Um, and we've got, you know, plans to do more businesses and things of that nature. So it's definitely been a blessing, you know, to, meet somebody like him I think you know it's really important that when you get opportunities number one you have to be ready for them Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying um but you know also of course um it's definitely a blessing and humbling that he has shared his platform with me to make me even larger you know than than what I was
0: with that being said how do you tell two chains when you don't like
2: <laughs> How you like, ain't it, That's funny, you know. Um I've Cause... never told him uh, <laughs> But of course, you know. Uh, now he you know, he's very realistic, you know. Mm-hmm. He knows that he's getting older and he wants to kind of put more into the younger generation, With the which true is why university. he's bringing um you know different artists on and things of that nature so um he's very realistic um <laughs> I, I just tell him when i when i like something there you go. <laughs>
1: did you ever ask him what it was about that he saw in you to make him make that statement in the in the first place
2: well i didn't have to ask him because he was very vocal about it Um uh, probably um uh, even before escobar had opened he had okay. a little birthday dinner there and he was just telling them he was like you know uh, he was telling his whole family, you know, he was like, you know, this girl calls her. Number one, what he was telling his mom, he was like, you know, she got her own fans. Look, you know, was like <laughs> just showing, you know, like little different things that people were saying about me on the line and stuff like that. And. He was just telling them you know she calls herself a serious entrepreneur and she definitely is that you know and um he always brags about me he's very like outwardly spoken about mm-hmm. um like how he feels about me and how proud he is of me um even like when i was doing remedy salon suites you know he called me one time he was on the road he was just like man I'm, he was like you know it's niggas that i know that have like much more money than you and they don't move the way you do nope. they don't you know grind the way that you are and just like even like with the staff, I have a really strong relationship with our staff. I'm always giving back to them and stuff nice. like that, and that's like very impressive to him. But um, yeah, he's uh, never short of you know telling me or like you know like for Christmas, you know he gave me this mm-hmm. um, you know pendant. Uh, but uh, definitely you know shows his appreciation and it's outwardly spoken about how he feels about me.
0: As an entrepreneur, you want those things to speak for you, right? Absolutely. No.
1: How how real quick paint me uh, the picture of. The time frame of the concept hey let's put a you know an escobar right here mm-hmm. to the time it opens how long does that take
2: yeah so it, it took us two years that actually was the longest uh spot that it, it took me to open it lots of blood sweat many many tears <laughs> mm-hmm. um you know the, the music is his love so i i literally do most of this stuff it'd be me you sure. know what i'm saying yeah. so um of course he invests you know but Um, and that was my first like real spot, you know what I mean? Escobar Atlanta, the downtown location. So, um, it, it took about two years. Um, I invested the majority of the money that I had to my name, you know, into that spot. Um, and you know, they gave us hell with trying to get the liquor license and all of that. You'd be surprised. (sighs) They're like, A lot of these neighborhood associations in Atlanta, I mean, they can't stand it. Even in um, in the A? Mm -hmm. Yep. So many of us black people are opening up these businesses and stuff. Luckily, we control the city hall and the city council and the different things of that nature. But when it comes to the neighborhood planning unit, a lot of those, you know, we don't participate as much as we should you know yeah. what i mean and so um you have a lot of the white people that kind of control that mm. and it's it's so different in how they vote for us um, to get licenses and how they vote for um, some of the other white owners of restaurants and different things of that nature. Now, once we go up to the Liquor Board Review, it's totally different. But, <laughs> I mean, that whole neighborhood planning unit came to that Liquor Board Review meeting trying to fight, you know, us getting this liquor license. So, wow. Um, it was definitely ex- extremely emotional. Um, they just didn't want. They didn't want something that was like a lounge base, you know, to be in Peter Street. You know, on Peter Street, you still have a lot of residential um, communities and people that have residences that live there. Old white money, yeah, things of that nature, and they just can't stand that the area um, is starting to change a little bit with the stadium being so close as well.
1: Okay, what was the thought process and open up the second one?
2: Uh, The thought process was just, you know, um, Escobar has been very successful for us. We did like 4.1 million last year. Mm. And so um, it just was, hey, we need to further this brand. it, it always, init- originally, was we're not just doing one Escobar. It's just, it's just the beginning. You okay. know what I'm saying? So I even want to do more in other cities and franchise and different things of that nature. But in um, doing the second one, it was, hey, we need to further this. You know, we got one downtown. You know, you're from College Park. You know, you're from the south side. Let's put one on the south side. So um, and we have been getting a lot of uh, people that have been asking us you know about <laughs> putting one out there so uh
1: we we hit escobars up that was when i was still eating wings yeah yeah mm-hmm. wings oh, you, don't eat you don't eat wings anymore nah cauliflower <laughs> one i ain't had none
2: in a couple days i've trying
0: himself. to get my little
2: body right so <laughs> i understand <laughs> yeah the wings was good
0: down there y'all miss- keep that corner popping right there yeah. went, it wasn't yeah. like it was as far as you know 255 used to be popping up the street there but y'all got that corner kind of live i like the vibe there escobar is a place we frequent so yeah, y'all done y'all thing with that. Is um is based off Pablo Escobar, that's where the name comes from, or is it something It is, different? Yeah. Okay. yeah. And when y'all expand it to different cities, it's gonna be the theme as well. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah.
1: Super dope. What can we expect from from Snoop moving forward?
2: Um, so in twenty twenty, um just a few of my goals include um I want I wanna do two more remedy locations. So I got one downtown, I wanna do one on the south side. And one, like, somewhere in Smyrna, Marietta-type situation. Um, thinking about getting into the trucking industry or maybe, like, non-emergency ambulance service, oh, um, right. you know, doing something like that. <coughs> uh, continuing to grow, you know, my restaurant businesses. Uh, several of them are, are fairly new, like Escobar South. We just opened that uh, about five weeks ago. Oh, shit. Um, Crave, that spot opened the first week of November of last year and members only is not even a year old. So, um, definitely want to take some time to continue to grow, um, the things that I have going on and then just continue to invest in real estate more. Like we're about to close, actually close on. So he owns the building that Escobar downtown is in, okay. and then we're buying the one together that the South side location is in. So want to continue to also, you know, invest in real estate.
1: Dope. Dope. Congratulations on the Atlanta black 40 on the 40. No, oh, thank as you. Well. Thank you. I Pretty appreciate dope. that. That's super dope. Um, um, before we get out of here, do you have an end game for your career? For you, do you have your eyes on a specific prize? Oh, I don't ever
2: want to end, man. I don't ever want to end. I don't ever want to retire. I want to continue to. Um, I think like one of the things that like continues to like make me just go hard. One it's just it's definitely in my nature, but I get so many people that are like always telling me that they're inspired by me. So just like mm. continuing to to tell my story, sharing the hardships and how I've overcome those. Um, And just, you know, helping other, you know, black women. You know, I've got Mm -hmm. a daughter. I got pregnant the first time I had sex. I had my daughter when I was 15. Um, So just, you know, a lot of other things that I'm passionate about, being able to give back. So I think that as I get older and maybe if I'm not opening up – as many businesses aggressively you know but spending more time into you know just just giving back and continuing to inspire and help people
0: super dope most definitely we definitely appreciate you coming by and dropping these gems on us at the on deck tv podcast anything you want to shout out for our social to tell the people where to go find you at
2: absolutely man number one i just i appreciate y'all having me of course finding me you know interview worthy um i can be uh, contact it uh, through my email at info at DillardHospitality.com. Mm. My Instagram is who is Snoop. Um, I always say I answer every DM I get as long as it's not anything stupid. So manage me. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> um and then I I also do one-on-one business consultations. I specialize in restaurant consulting and helping people open up their own restaurants. So um y'all definitely holler at me.
1: Absolutely. whoisnoop.com dot com. Absolutely. Hey, we appreciate the Snoop for sliding. Hey, don't go nowhere on Day TV Podcast. Yeah. Hey, what it do, people? It's your man, Animal Brown, checking in, giving you a reminder of our latest review up on Patreon right now. Travis Scott, Jack Boys. Yes, Travis Scott crew in full effect on the Jack Boys project that dropped at the end of 2019. Lou and I rate, review, debate, and discuss. See what is LeCamp hinting on, man? Have you peeped, like, groups or slick back? Like, labels? 2 Chainz dropped his label joint. Dreamville had the big release last year, and Travis Scott dropped his shit too, man, low-key. You might be surprised by it if you haven't checked it out, man. So patreon.com slash realville, support The Real, and get some good content at the same damn time. Hit the link in the description. Hello, We are back. It's the On Deck TV podcast. It's your man, Animal Brown.
0: I am Spike Lou.
1: Hey, Snoop is out here
0: cooking. You hear me? Yeah, she eating. Woo. Much love, much knowledge. Glad of dropping off a couple of gems. That was a dope interview,
1: man. Absolutely, man. We got to go back with her in a little bit to see how you know. What Pull up got. the
0: Escobars, man. Get some of the wings. Nah, we good on the wings. All the two chains. Some all cauliflower
1: wings for sure. Y'all ain't Snoop. Y'all gotta you get got to get a cauliflower wings. Producer, you got the cricket sound back
0: there. Cauliflower. <laughs>
1: hey right, man, it's time for wins and losses. Okay. First off, let's hand out a W to Two Chains. Speaking of Two Chains, uh, he invested in what's being called the Airbnb for cars. Toro. All right, and he also dropped off a new compilation featuring his TRU camp, No Face No Case, smart play with the Toro investment.
0: Yeah, Toro was popping a couple times when we, well, when we were in Miami. Yeah. It started down in Miami and went in revolt and all of that, so you should get the nice little foreign cars. It's going to be a nice little stunt. He's going to put his sauce on it so people are going to start using it, I believe. Would you use it? Yeah, why not? Huh? And you like it ain't regular uh, rental car stuff. You big know I'm boy saying? shit. Yeah, you can just pick up somebody's car. They got the nice shit. Big Jeep or something.
1: Yeah. Big dog clean shit. Yeah, that's fine. Right.
0: Um, Handing out another
1: W or possibly L to oh. Erica Badu's new vagina scented fragrance. Mm. Uh, my question are you copying for Valentine's Day?
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, Erica Badu is the biggest troll on earth. <laughs> Shout out to her, man. She's like they were talking about this in what people, time, magazine. everything. Gwyneth Paltrow has to one too, though she
1: has a vagina scented candle. Candle uh, is it? Is
0: it Gwyneth Paltrow? Yes, it's her, it's her vagina.
1: Yes, seventy five dollars. But this Erica Badu, you can cancel that nine from the <laughs> get that. Uh, have my she gal wearing that shit. Sixty nine bucks. This yeah, one right here. Yeah, Gwyneth Paltrow seventy five for the candle. Not paying. Nobody's um,
0: paying seventy five dollars for Gwyneth Paltrow scented vagina. Yeah,
1: that's nuts. That's nuts. Not- this <laughs> I, I'm not. My gal not coming nowhere near this fragrance. I'm not going to be walking around with overalls and a top hat on. <laughs> After you can get a whiff
0: of that shit. You already dressed like it, too.
1: <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> um, handing out another W to Yo Gotti. He was faced with a decision to either buy back his Masters by dropping a bag and copping or getting a bag dropped on him for the sale of his Masters. He ended up taking the advice of Jay-Z and buying his Masters back. Shout out to Yo Gotti, man. Is that a W or would you take in the bag?
0: It's a W for Yo Gotti Uh, Yo Yo Gotti had a great Breakfast Club interview And the reason that It's a W for him Because he's a boss Mm -hmm. Uh, The difference between I feel like Someone like him And someone like Mace Yo Gotti has an imprint And a a way to leverage His music a lot In the future Movies uh, Licensing deals That's true That way that Mace just doesn't have just to compare the two. So that's why it's a brilliant move by Yo Gotti because he's a, a boss and he's in position to use his music and the masters to his music. Absolutely so man. He take it that bag.
1: And he's he's into the long term investment. It's a long term play. When you when you buy your masters. But he he said it was Hey <laughs> he looked at the bag that they offered him. <laughs>
0: Come on with it, boss. <laughs>
1: hey listen. Like he,
0: the dream took it.
1: You know what I'm saying? Like we reported on that not too long ago. He did. The dream took that bag. And so did um DJ Mustard.
0: Yeah, DJ Mustard took yeah, it. Yeah, they know? took some of it. Yeah, they like kept for some of their masters.
1: Yeah, cause that bag is nuts. Yeah. Um, on decker of the week, man. This week, rest in peace to ASAP Rocky's DJ, um, DJ J. Scott. He passed away on the second. He was actually the official DJ of ASAP Rocky and crew. Um, now Scott also was a producer for the camp, and he managed various artists, and served as creative partner to ASAP Mob. Cause of death is unknown.
0: Is it the Third one of the
1: ASAP people that have died. I know it's two. I know yams. Yams. I don't know. I don't know if it's a third one. I don't want to put nobody prematurely in the grave, but I don't know.
0: Man, condolences to his family, the, the whole mob. Man, I heard that he was a real stand-up dude. All of them got their styles from him. Yeah. Uh, which is saying a lot. So I know this impacted them heavily. So rest in peace to him. Absolutely, man. You got something to put me on? On Netflix, Hip Hop Evolution. Mm. Quit scrolling past it because I was doing the same thing. I said, let me check out one episode. That shit is fire. I just finished it this weekend, like all 12 episodes. That shit is good as hell, especially if you're a hip-hop fan. It'll bring back memories of, you know, it makes you start thinking when the first time that you start listening to rap in your area, because they go from the Bay to Florida, like Mm. where hip-hop started individually in these places. That shit is good as hell. Check that out.
1: out. No doubt. Um, that's funny. Mine is, mine is Netflix related. Mm-hmm. Uh, we always talk about people that have these competition shows and they end up winning, and we never hear from the winners. So, D Smoke, who won Netflix Rhythm and Flow, his album came out over the weekend. It's called Black Habits, and it's fire.
0: Sirs, brother. P-
1: <laughs> Put some respect on his name He won the whole damn Netflix sir's
0: brother, Because he's Sir's brother That
1: shit is fire His I'm album joking. is crack yeah. Check it out You would like it I don't know if you got a chance To check it out I but checked it out yet I'm gonna listen to it's it It's like to a Butterfly It's what that should have been
0: hmm. Let me say that Sir owner
1: Yeah he okay. is That comes from that a talented Musical family out here Absolutely Yeah 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 No check it out man Finally we get a reality show winner That actually could produce something it,
0: Who was it, behind it Like when you won the show Did they do the album and shit What do you mean uh, like, did winning, oh, what, it was the did prize winning that show consist of, like, someone on the show doing his album? Oh, no, like no, no. was T.I. No, no. involved in anything like that? No,
1: nah, it was just cash. It was a quarter, a quarter million. Oh. That was it. That's cool. <laughs> so, you could take More that. 250, right? <laughs> and run your album that way. And that's what yeah. he did. And he gave us good products. Shout out to D. Smoke. Nice. Um, hey, guys. Listen. At On Deck TV Podcast on Instagram, YouTube.com slash Realville. Make sure y'all check us out. Subscribe. Do all that good shit. Yes,
0: and continue to support the Patreon. New content is going to hit you consistently there. We appreciate you guys supporting the On Deck TV podcast and Realville Media. We are out. Peace.